Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Good morning online. Good morning live here. We're glad you guys are here with us. Glad you guys are here to join us online or later on. Uh, We're going to pray and get started this morning and hope that you guys can participate with us in some way or fashion. But let's pray. Father, we gather in the name of Jesus because we are your followers, desiring for your character to be seen in us and for us to learn more of what that looks like and where we need to grow and to change. And we pray that that would happen this morning within us, God, that our hearts would be open, receptive to your Spirit's leading and prompting, that we would disarm ourselves from the things that would hinder us from hearing your voice and allowing change to take place in our lives. Thank you for an opportunity, Lord. We do thank you for allowing us to not only gather together, but to gather together in your name to allow your work to take place within us. And we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And for many of you who have seen online, we do have the children uh, that are gathering right now. And Randy's over there with the children helping them. But today we've got Lydia who's going to lead us in some worship. Come on up, Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. And Father, we are grateful for your leading us. May you do that this morning, even as we look to you for guidance. We thank you for this time again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We got a few announcements for you guys. A few things happening this month. Um, On Tuesday the 14th, we have the Art for Artists happening in the building here. Uh, Remember, this is opportunity for people to gather and share their art with one another. It doesn't matter what the art is. It could be spoken word. It could be uh, drawings. It could be music. It could be stained glass. Mary brought stained glass before. So whatever you have that you have created or are working on, come with others and share and collaborate with them and be inspired and inspire others. So that's happening. It's the second Tuesday of every month, and it's going to be Tuesday the 14th. And then we also have on the third Tuesday uh, our philosophy and critical thinking. Uh, These are both put on by Jordan. Uh, 
This month, we're going to be talking about vulnerability. How fun. Uh, last month's was great on community. There's a lot of great conversation. And so this month is on vulnerability. And that takes place again Tuesday, the 21st. And both of those are happening at 7 p.m., just so you guys know that. And then, because it is December and it is the season, we are having a Sunday morning Christmas service here at 10 a.m. It's going to be for about a half hour. It's going to be very short, but we want to get together and celebrate Christmas together that morning. And then that evening, um, we're going to have the full circle, and that's at 5 p.m. at the Works Building. Yes? Oh, it's on Saturday? It's not on Christmas? Christmas is on Saturday. Did I say Sunday? Okay, it's on Christmas, which is Saturday. So thanks, Jordan. Whenever Christmas is, that's when these things are. Okay. And so that's going to be happening on Christmas, uh, the morning service, and then first circle in the evening at 5 p.m. at the works building. Now, what we have been doing for a number of years is on, or in the Christmas season, we have been stepping into the needs of others. We've called it Advent Conspiracy, where we want to look at how we can allow Christmas to change from this place of being consumers to actually being a place where the message of Christ is restored and regained. And so what we are doing, there are two things that we are involving ourselves with this year. One is we're giving gifts for the children. It's called Warriors for Children. And in the back table, we have a flyer that has a list of information. And you can also find this online. It's on our social media and other places. And this has a number of things that you can get, purchase, and then bring here on Sunday mornings. It also has these barcodes at the bottom. And even right now on your screen, if you take your phone and go up to one of those Pick your favorite, Amazon, Walmart, Target, right? Whichever one you want to go to that you go to, you can click on your phone and that will pull up a list of the things that we are gathering for the children. Diapers, uh, feeding sets, hygiene supplies, hair products, Legos, uh, building blocks, sports equipment, all these kinds of things, and you can find them on that barcode. So if you get those things and bring them here on Sunday mornings, we will have a box where we collect those and gather and give them to this organization. Remember, what we've been asking ourselves to do is this Christmas, we want to spend less but we want to give more. And what I mean by spend less, say you have normally, you spend $100 on your family or per child, depending on your budget. Instead of spending $100, what if you spend 70 and use $30 to then give towards these needs, right? We're not asking you don't spend. We're not bah humbugging Christmas, right? What we're trying to do is see that there is a better way to give and live into Christmas. And maybe instead of just buying gifts, maybe, you know, buy a, a Lego set with your kids and put it together with them. That'll be fun, um, depending on the age of your kids, right? 
Uh, but those kinds of things where you're actually engaging with or have your kids make a card for people in the family instead of just buying gifts for them. Give relationally and then take the money that we don't spend and give to the people who actually have the need for those things. And, and this is how we worship fully. And this is how we show love to everyone, right? So it's spend less, give more, worship fully, and love all. That's kind of been our theme for the Advent. There is another thing that we are doing, and this is still in the development, but it's called Tens for Teens. I have been in contact with three foster care homes in our area. And what we are wanting to do is collect money. We are going to put it in a gift card and give it to the teenagers of these foster care homes so that they can actually have some spending money for the holidays. I called one home and I asked them, you know, I said, hey, this is what we're doing. And I'm just wondering how many teenagers you have, you know, in your facilities. And they have a number of facilities. And I was thinking, well, maybe they have like 10 or so teenagers. They had 35 teenagers. And my heart just broke. This was just one of the places that I called. And so we still don't have a number of how many teenagers there are that we're going to be serving, but we're asking that you give $10. Now, you can give more than $10, but we're wanting to break it up into increments of 10 to give to these teenagers. And so what you can do is put in money. You can either bring a donation here and mark it on the envelope, you can also Venmo us at Genesis-Community and put a note for Advent, and we will know that this money goes towards that, or else on Zelle, info at thegenesisstory.com. You can give in these ways, and if you can tag it in some way, Advent, we will use this money to give towards the kids, right? And, and so what we're asking is actually for uh, Advent offering. Right, We have our giving, and it's similar where you can give through Zelle, you can give through Venmo, you can mail it in, you can go online and give these things. But we're also asking for an Advent offering where the money that we save by not spending as much we use to give towards others. You know, there is something exciting and almost magical about Christmas morning when the kids are little and they get up and they see the gifts under the tree and they get to celebrate Christmas with family and friends. But there are kids who don't have that. And what are we going to do about that, right? How do we step into that in some meaningful way? How do we let them know that they are seen, that they are cared for, that God has not forgotten them, even if it's just a gift card with a little note, right? And so we're going to put a little note. I asked Brian maybe to write a little poem, just something, you know, pithy that he can do because he's like that, that would be touching to them to let them know that they are loved, that we are thinking about them in this season. Those who don't have a family will be your family, okay? We will care for you because that's our responsibility as followers of Jesus. So let's change this consumeristic bent of Christmas. Let's stop spending billions of dollars a year to get more things, and let's actually make a difference. And so 
this is what we're doing this Advent. And so I, I'm appealing this to you guys watching, you guys who are here, and we're going to put this on all our media, social media, so that we can make a difference. And I'd love to provide money for all these kids and some gifts for these other kids. We can do that if we just, again, maybe rethink how we are going to lean into Christmas this year. So that's it. Good night, all. Um, Today we're continuing in our between advents, how we live between the advents. You know, living in between the advents, looking back at what the birth of Christ means, but looking forward to what God is doing and wanting to establish his kingdom. Remember, the story begins in Genesis with God creating heaven, earth, everything, and it is good. There, there is this communion that is taking place between God and his creation and with God and humanity, basically. But the choice was made to be like God, and that's so filled with just meaning, right? It's not to live in humility, recognizing that there is a power greater than yourself, but it's to live in a way that you are the final authority, that you will have pride in yourself to, to make your own decisions without a recognition of God or even just the vastness of who God is and the world that you live in. And in, since that time, we have reaped the consequences of our arrogance. It, it shows up in our action. The very beginning, we have the story of Cain killing his brother Abel because he's jealous of him. And why not? If you get to make your own rules, you get to set things, this will make me feel better. I'm going to do this. And so we see that that just escalates into the world that we have today. And what we see is God in pursuit and longing to dwell with his people, wanting communion again, wanting connection, wanting that relationship, wanting to be a part of our lives in a big way, not just as something secondary, but someone who's primary in our lives. And we see in the book of Exodus that God goes to great lengths to reach his people. And when I say his people, at the time of the writing, it was the children of Abraham. But according to Jesus, it is any who desire to reign, allow God to reign in their lives. Right There's the story of the Good Samaritan, the story of the prodigal. These are all stories of Jesus talking about people who are leaning back in to want God, again, to be a part of their lives, to live their life in accordance to who God is and, and what God is about and what God is desiring, which is this connection with his people. And Exodus is talking about how he goes to these lengths to reach his people. There was a time when one of our children was having just a breakdown and was living out of state. And the lengths we went to to go and help him at that time, the needs that were there, traveling over there, spending weeks at a time in motel rooms, you know, eating just, you know, very minimal so that you could make ends meet and doing things to, to get court things settled, tickets paid, and, and renting a, a van to put stuff in and drive back and doing this time and time again because 
there is no length that you won't go to to reach someone who you love. And what we see in Exodus is God doing exactly that for the people, seeing their need, hearing their cry as they are in slavery and reaching out to them to help them, to deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh. The children enter into this covenant with God where God says, I will be your God, you will be my people and we will move forward because I'm going to rescue you from where you are at. And Moses, the man of God, goes up to the mountain with the elders for 40 days and 40 nights. Very similar to what we see Matthew and Mark telling us of Jesus going into the wilderness, connecting these stories with Jesus as a new deliverer and God bringing us this new covenant. And in Exodus chapter 24, starting at verse 15, we read that Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain and the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So you get this incredible picture. The glory of God is just this incredible scene. It's just this powerful scene, this fire, this cloud. It's something that's awesome. What's he doing up there? What is Moses doing in this time? Well, we see in chapter 25, verse 8 and 9, that God is giving him instructions to build the tabernacle. In verse 8 of chapter 25, it says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle. And of all its furniture, so shall you make it. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all its furniture so that you shall make it. He's saying, I want you to make this tabernacle, which is like a tent that is going to be the place of worship where I am going to be present with you. It's a sign that I am in your midst. And so Moses is up there getting the details, getting the blueprints for how to make this. The book of Hebrews comments and tells us in chapter eight, verse five, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. This is to represent something bigger. This tent that you're building represents the heavens and my dwelling in your midst. And Moses is being given these instructions of how to build this tabernacle that represents in some way the pattern for God to dwell with his people. And as Moses comes back down, the people begin to build this tabernacle, which is like a large tent. And it's the first time we see that people are filled with the spirit as they are artists and they're making the, the, the tents and the curtains and the embroidery and the furnishings and they're using their crafts and they're using their skills. And as they are inspired, they build what is to be a place of inspiration. God with his people. And we see that when they are done, they build the tabernacle, it's being dedicated 
the scene where the Spirit of God comes down and he fills the tabernacle with his glory and he resides between the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. The holiest of holies, what is seen as the dwelling place of God, his people are there and he is in their midst. God is with them. God was their protector. God was their provider. God was their healer. God was their victor. And they would follow the glory of God, whether it showed up in a cloud or by fire. That they followed the glory of God, that there was this continuing, we are with you, you are with us. This is the covenant that they made with God. And and as they enter the promised land, when the people enter the land of promise and as time goes on, we see that Solomon then builds a temple that was like the tabernacle, but much more glorious. And as it took him seven years to build this temple, we think, oh my gosh, how incredible it must have been to take that long to build it. Of course, they also tell us that it took him 13 years to build his palace, but I digress, right? The temple is built and as Solomon is dedicating the temple, again, we see the glory of the Lord fill the place. The presence of God in their midst. And it gave them a sense of security among other nations. It was central to their existence that God is with us, leading us, protecting us, guiding us. But as in the garden, the choices they make move them into exile once again. And we see a, a sad passage in Scripture at the end of their time in this land, we see them again exiled in Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 18. It says, Then the glory went out from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim, and the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth before my eyes as they went out with the wheels beside them, and they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. God's glory leaves the temple, leaves the people. Is this tragic picture. And it's this picture of God leaving. And once again, they are a people without a king. They are a people without land, a people without God in their midst. And at the end of Ezekiel, we see them longing for the day when God would return when God once again would dwell with them. The book of Ezekiel ends with the hope of the Lord returning. And the last words of the book are, the Lord is there. One day the Lord will be there again. So when we fast forward to the time of Jesus, these things are weighing heavy on the conscience of a nation, longing for the presence of God to be with them, longing for God to be in their midst. This is where we open the gospel and where the baby is born and role does he play? This is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the king who would establish what the earlier thrones represented, but would deliver. God's dwelling with his people forever. 
And looking at John's gospel, John begins with the declaration, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And this idea of beginning was the word is very reminiscent of Genesis 1, in the beginning God created. And the word is the word logos. It means his declaration. It is his communication. It is how God is showing up, represents his power, his expression. And John uses this word to describe the God who is, the God who is at work, the God who is still speaking. And in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt, literally tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Remember the stories. Remember the mountain where the glory of God came upon them. Remember the dedication of the tabernacle, the glory of God coming upon it, the temple, the glory of God coming upon it, the glory leaving. Now we see in him a new picture that God once again is with them, but not in a temple, but in the person of Jesus. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory of God now dwells in the tent of humanity in Christ. It's no longer just a place. It is a person. It means that his presence tabernacles, dwells with us in the living tent of humanity that Christ is now giving to us. In Eugene Peterson's translation, the message, it says that he pitched his tent in our neighborhood and lived among us. Now, I don't know if you guys go camping, if you like camping, right? Something about camping in a tent brings people together in a different way, right? There are no walls, right? There are no rooms. There's no bathrooms. I mean, you are living in this single space. I mean, some have a little curtain, right? But man, if you have kids, there, there is no stopping it. You hear everything. You smell everything. It's loud. It's raw. And in my opinion, it's very uncomfortable. But this is the picture. He tabernacled with us. He dwelt with us. And because now what we're seeing is this treasure, this glory, as Paul would say, is held in earthen vessels, in broken vessels, that our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, that there is a dwelling of God with us and there is a dwelling of God now in us. We are doing life with others and are bringing life to others. It doesn't come from going to the temple. It doesn't come by going into the holies. It doesn't come by going to church. And this shouldn't be a surprise, right? It comes by living together, tenting together. Stephen in Acts 7, before he was stoned, reciting from 1 Kings 8, says that God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Well, where does God dwell? Where is the glory of God now seen? 
from the beginning, we saw that humanity was the glory of God's creation. Shouldn't humanity again reflect the glory of God? Shouldn't we be the expression, even as Jesus was the express image of God? So we are called to be the body of Christ, where God shows up in and through us to the world around us. We now have to make a choice, as was made in the garden, as was made by the nation of Israel. Will we be as God serving, will we become like God serving ourselves, or will we be moved by God to serve others? How will we choose to live our lives? Will we care primarily for ourselves, or will we love our neighbor as ourselves? This is why it's so important to recognize that the church is not a a place we attend, but it is a people who we are to become. Because we don't want to miss the opportunity of what God is doing in Christ and now in us, his body. We, We don't want it to become less, where it is a place we go to pay homage put in our time, and then check out and go live how we please, it is a place that changes who we are. And and you see, if that takes place, then there's no pandemic that can stop it. There's no government that can stop it. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. It's not about a building you go to. It's about who you are, living and serving and being the body of Christ. Because we too tabernacle with people. Those who are around us, those who are hurting, those who are depressed. And you guys, that's not just people who are outside. Those are people in our community. There are people in our community who are hurting that we get to come alongside of. You know, because it was on social media, I don't feel bad about sharing it. Many of you know Jason has been struggling with anxiety and some of the things he's going through. And he posted it, and it was so great to have some people, someone called me and said, hey, can I get a hold of Jason? And they got a hold of me to get a hold of Jason, and they got a hold of Jason, and they're helping him through some of the things. And he actually said he got the best night's sleep the other day because of some things that they did that were helpful to him, right? You see, this is living with, this is hurting with, this is being tabernacling with people, is being there together. Jesus invites us to put his glory on display that others too would see that glory among them. This is why the season has become more than telling a story of what happened, but to be a part of the story that is happening. Christmas can still change the world. It's supposed to. That's why we've built a cafeteria for students in Haiti so they could sit and eat with dignity to give gift cards to teenagers who are without a family and tell them they're seen, they're loved. I have no desire to be a church that gathers but does not glorify. That that doesn't mean anything. We need to tabernacle together. This year, we have the two ways that we talked about that we're doing, the gifts for the kids and the money that we're giving to the teenagers. 
that's how we're going to step into tabernacle with the community that we live in. And I guess there's a third way. Reach out to people that are on your heart, all right? Just like this person did with Jason. You hear something or maybe you don't hear something. Where has so-and-so been? I haven't heard from them. And you send the text, how are you doing? I'm struggling. Step into that tent with them so that you can bring about maybe help for them in that situation. We know that God's with us, but we also know that things aren't how they should be, that people are struggling, that people are hurting, that we are in need of support and help. So we too long for the glory to be present and powerful in our midst, powerful in love, powerful in sacrifice. Because God is doing something still, and we get to participate in that. And so John in Revelation 21 would write, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. We are the building material of the new heaven and the new earth. When you long for those things to take place, when you, you long for those who you know who are hurting and suffering physically, financially, you're longing for the new heaven, the new earth. When, when you long for those who are struggling with addiction or mental illness or loneliness, you're longing for the new heaven, the new earth. And when you step in to help those who are hurting or struggling in any of these areas, you are building the new heaven and the new earth. We are the people who in flesh, the kingdom, the glory of God to the world. We are the people who live between advents. God is with us and will never leave us or forsake us, but we long for things to be made right, for the pain to be eased, or at least be given some meaning. And as we long, we're not afraid of the tears. We're, we're not afraid of the pain. We will step into those places of hurt and cry with those who cry, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. We will step in with resurrection life, cry their tears, share their grief, but be vessels of hope with the glory of Jesus that God is with us. Be present. My nephew, Zeph, when he was younger, he was learning how to ride a bike and we took the training wheels off. And it's amazing when you're a kid riding a bike and you take the training wheels off, there is like a magnet from your bicycle to every car that is around. You just seem to be driving down the middle street and all of a sudden it's like, he's going for the car, he's going for the car, turn, 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 bam, he hit a car. And I went running over to him 
I was just running over and he's on the ground. I goes, F, you okay? And he said, man, it's a good thing you ran over here. Why? The damage that was done had already been done. You'd already hit the car. You'd already hit the ground. In his mind, it was good that you came. It meant something to him just for me to run over to him, even though he'd already crashed. See, sometimes it means something just to have someone run to your side and be there with you. Just like God heard the cry of the children in Israel and came to their need, the glory of God shows up in the presence and we get to participate in that. People are crashing all around us. It's good that you're there when they do. We will announce that our king has come and is making all things new so that they will believe in this king too, so that they can participate in the newness of life that he brings. We live with our eyes wide open that God is with us but is still working. And now that work is taking place through us. As we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is what it is to live between advents. Let's pray. Father, there is such a dance that takes place, living with hope and living with pain together. And God, as we are in this place declaring the good news that God is indeed with us, but bearing witness to bad news around us. You've called us to be a difference. And even as your glory came upon the mountain, the tabernacle, the temple, it has come in Jesus and is now being seen in your people. Father, may this season afford us opportunity to bring this glory to the people, family, friends who are in our orbit, who are around us, God. May we care. Even in this opportunity with the children in our community, Lord, may we step into that because it is how we can. And I do pray, Father, for those who are struggling, those who both have put faith in you and those who maybe have yet to put faith in you and are going just through it right now. Lord, those who are ill and hurting physically in pain, Lord, may you bring comfort in the presence of your spirit and your friends around them. For those who are, are struggling emotionally, loneliness, hurt, this season reminds us of the people we've lost. It reminds us of pain that we still bear. Lord, may your glory show up in the presence of others in the hope that you are still at work even in the midst of the pain. And God, we invite you to be present. And may we ourselves be an invitation of that presence. 
We do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. May you bear witness to have seen him who is full of glory, grace, and truth. And may you carry that with you and be changed by that and be a source of hope for those around you. God bless you guys. Remember how this Advent, we want to make a difference. We have it up here. We'll have it on our social media. Step into this. Help us to bring the glory of God present to the world around us. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.